It's time for the Charlotte FC podcast. Block, Tuzbiak's going to get it back. Westwood, rather Vargas, the touch, the finish! Goal, 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 goal! Goal, goal, goal! The Alba, whipped in, good ball! Oh! Christian Kalina, a save to save the season! Crowd belongs to Charlotte! And Charlotte FC, if the results hold, have clinched its first playoff berth in club history! Another episode of Charlotte FC podcast today. I have a special guest from I-80 Sports. I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell a little bit about what this is. So, Bob, go ahead. Okay. Thank you for having me, Nick. Uh, really great to be here. I love Charlotte FC. I love your your fans and your supporters. I do a preview series every year, and we've had uh, Jessica Sharman on the past few seasons. Someone, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, some of the great, great, great uh, soccer hosts are, are from local to Charlotte. So I, I love being on here, and I can't wait to talk about the first round of the Major League Soccer playoffs. Um, ID Sports is a sports podcasting network. Started by me and my buddy Mark, who were big fantasy football fans. We would every year post videos of us, you know, picking draft order and, and talking trash to each other. And from there, we're like, you know, maybe some other people would like to watch this. So we started talking, you know, generic football, kind of turned into a podcast. And then a few years in, me and my other friend, Alex, who've been Red Bull season ticket holders, me for about 12 years, him for uh, since 1996. Uh, we said, Hey, you know, well, let, let's talk about soccer too. And, and we don't want to be a fan cast. We want to give honest information. So we fall a little more into the sports betting category, which is kind yeah. of a, uh, uh, it, there's not many, there's not many for major league soccer. It seems like there's kind of a, a gulf in content for betting. So we, we like to try to hit that, uh, just to, you know, separate ourselves for, from the rest. Again, appreciate you being on. I actually met Alex. I was walking up to Red Bull Arena the last match we played in June. All right. And I was walking next to him. Right. We were talking and he's like, oh, I'm so-and-so. And, you know, we just introduced ourselves going to the match. And that was that was uh, some match. Uh, tale of two halves there. Oh, I'm sure we will have to talk about that game too, right? <laughs> yes. All right. So is this this is not a full-time gig for you. This is part-time, even though it's it's a lot of work. What, what do you do when you're not doing this? Sure. So I have my hobby is my main gig. I'm a musician. I work as a public school uh, instrumental music teacher. I do sixth, seventh and eighth grade band uh, as my nice. nine to five. Also play professionally around the New York, New Jersey area. And when you're I'm a not, trumpeter, I'm right? watching sports, I play trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Do you ever do they allow trumpets at Red Bull Arena? They do, actually. And I was one of the few who played. It wasn't for me. I know that everyone loved it and, and I had so much support from the other supporters, but just not watching every second of the game. It's like being a capo and everything's <laughs> going on behind you and you, you can't always catch all the action. So I did, 
and I was one of the few. There, there have been a few notable uh, instrumentalists. Now we have a trom- trombone player, Tom, who is is absolutely fantastic, bringing the uh, the love there. Just not for me. I would love to do it again sometime. I just I want to watch the game. Yeah. So, how much time do you actually spend on I eighty sports related things in a week? In a week. So I'm a big prep and a big notes guy. So ideally, there's very little for me to do outside of what I would be doing anyway, which is watching all the games. Like I like to mm-hmm. uh, have a notepad next. To, I mean, I have my notepad right here for for today's notes, and you can see. Yeah. I mean, that's pages. And this the top is is July eighth. So I've I've been wow. through about four pads like this so far this year. I like taking notes here and there while I can, and then when I write my sports book article. I get right back into it. I have chats with some other major league soccer uh, fans, podcasters and stuff. And I like to mm-hmm. screenshot what we say in the moment. Cause you know, it, getting those right. live reactions sometimes is absolutely priceless. And then outside of that, I'll probably shoot, maybe I'll record two hours a week and I'll do maybe another four hours of prep. Writing comes very easy to me. I bang the whole article out 45 minutes in, you know, wow. one sitting usually, but that, you know, is hours and hours of reading articles during the week and stuff like that. Um, right. I'd, I'd like to say if, if you're asking me how much work, zero minutes. It's not work. Right, right, right. It's You'd be doing it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when you are doing your notes, like you were talking about and take your notes, is it more in the numbers game with the slant of thinking like how does this number affect how things would be bet on or or how people would use that to help them? A lot, there's a lot of controversy here because soccer has a lot of purists that don't mm-hmm. like numbers. They don't want to know analytics. They don't want to know expected goals. I love all that stuff. I'm a, I'm 100% a numbers guy. I watch a lot of soccer, but yeah, the numbers tell a, a, the story in a different way. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to specifically sports betting, you would think you should never bet on a team that you think is going to lose. But that's absolutely not the case. If you think a team has a 40% chance of winning and you can cash out three to one, well, you have a huge percentage of advantage there by betting on a team that you think is going to lose depending on what chance you think they have. So right. uh, there, there, there's a lot of analytics there and it's it's not a science. I, I get a lot of weeks wrong, but I get a lot of weeks very, very right too. Yeah, that's cool. So there's... Like you said, it's it's not work for you. It's it's stuff you do anyway. But is there something that you found challenging doing all this? Yeah, I, I would say growing an authentic audience and getting people to interact in real time. It's very hard for me. I'm not I'm not an old man, but I'm not a young man either. And the social media game is tricky mm-hmm. to me, knowing you know there are so many great guys out there. I like to think of uh, Eli from today in soccer um, on, yeah. on Instagram, a guy we've had on the podcast many, many times. He knows what time to post, when to post, when to tweet, how to tweet, how many characters, you know, all that stuff. That does not yeah. come easy to me. So I'd say like the uh, that part of the social media game, um, I like interacting with people. And I think that what we do here at ID Sports is top, top notch it doesn't always get top, top notch recognition and that mm-hmm. falls on me for, for my weakness. Well, hopefully we'll, more people will know about you and the idea of I-80 sports. I know you're in New Jersey. I-80 runs right through there. 
But I-80 also extends all the way to the West Coast. It's like the longest interstate. Is that where the name was involved? Because you wanted to have something kind of coast to coast? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's in the name. I, I have multiple, multiple uh, rebrands and, you know, we had taglines and catchphrases and we, we've never really settled on one. But the idea is that ID Sports, I live about five minutes from New York City on the East Coast. You can jump on I-80. We call it Route 80 around here and take it all the way to California. And, you know, it's coast to coast uh, nationwide. And I think when people see that, they know we're not talking about one specific area. We're not a fan podcast. I'm a Red Bull supporter and we're going to talk about some Red Bulls today for sure. But that's not what this is about. Cool. So you also cover other sports. So I know you're a big besides fantasy, like you said, started you're big with NFL and you do MLS. But then there's also other things, especially now. You got basketball and hockey starting up. You're in full force with them with your other people, right? Yeah. So hockey was actually my first love. That was my sport in high school. I had an unfortunate accident. I broke my knee the same year as the lockout. I guess that would be 2008 or nine. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't play hockey for a year and a half. I couldn't watch hockey that season. And I kind of fell out of favor. So I have two guys, Tom and Brian, who take care of hockey fantastically i have a group of basketball guys i'm the producer i'll set up guests i right now i need to edit one of the videos and get it posted for later tonight but but i'm not intimately connected with those but we have great great guys i mean our hockey guys are just two guys who just have that memory for statistics they'll just run Mm -hmm. off you know you can say 1978 goals leaders and tom could list the top three guys for you no problem (laughs) i mean you know know, it's it's incredible the stuff they're doing over there so while i'm not intimately connected with that you know, they're, it's the brand, you know? Yeah. No. And, and how did you find these people? How did you want to, how did you kind of grow what, what you had? Cause like you said, it just started you and your, um, just talking. Yeah. So my first big social media push actually wasn't Twitter it was Facebook. We did, we have a Facebook discussion group and, you know, we'll, we'll share like silly memes and stuff. And we'll talk about, topics when they come up on Facebook and one of the guys reached out and said, Hey, I, you know, I'm a friend of, you know, we have a mutual friend. I want to talk hockey. Do you think we could get it done? Sure. Get it started for football. We needed an extra co-host. We were kind of short a guy. We had like an analyst and a host and we were looking for someone else. I threw it out on Twitter and I said, you know, no one's getting the, no one's, you know, getting the the full-time gig, but if you want to give it a try, get a microphone, we'll, we'll test everyone out. And if, if something works naturally, you know, maybe we'll have you back. We have our major league soccer me and my friend, Alex, the third guy, we were actually, we threw it out on Twitter. Hey, who wants to give this a shot? And uh, our buddy Scott from real salt Lake in salt Lake city, you know, <laughs> halfway across nice, the country yeah. uh, said, Hey, you know, I, I'd love to come talk soccer with you. We had him on once and then maybe a month or two went by and we had him on again. And then, yeah, hey, this really works. Let's, let's get you on here pretty frequently. So, you know, growing has been both organic and, you know, an intergalactic search. Nice. Nice. And so do you have like a big vision for maybe like five, five years, 10 years from now, what I-80 sports would be like? I mean, this thing has evolved so much. Um, expanding. You just started it in 2019, right? It's, it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Right? About, about 2019 was when we, you know, got official where we started posting um, our podcast on Apple podcast, Apple playlists and stuff. So I guess we're, we're about four years in now. 
And like I said, it's evolved. We, we had baseball for a while and then those guys weren't working out. We got a new baseball group. Uh, we've had one-off articles on fighting MMA sports. We've had watch along videos for special like AEW events and stuff like that. So, you know, my five years, I need to focus on, you know, family actually just got married this past weekend uh, on Friday. Thank Congrats. you. That's awesome. Um, and, and they're allowing you to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> for sure. Um, it, this came, you know, that was part of the gig. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's just right now I'm sitting in press boxes at Major League Soccer games. If I can keep that going, that might be enough for me. Um, yeah. I, I'm heavily involved in the sports betting uh, industry here. So, you know, I'm making a little side money doing, doing just that, but I have an open mind. I have an open mind. We'll put nice. it that way. Like I'm happy where we are now, if we're going to grow and, you know, to really take to the next level, that's fine too. Um, however, with, you know, the wedding just <laughs> being over on, on Thursday, I need to, uh, kind of reevaluate where everything in my life is right now, um, right. you know, reprioritize, get that masters too. So we'll see, but I, I definitely like where things are headed for sure. Cool. All right. Well, let's, let's shift into, because, uh, there is a game coming up, um, oh, yes. wild card game. And as a 12 year season ticket holder and supporter of Red Bulls, you have probably seen all of their playoffs in this in this streak that they've had for 14 years. Um tell me how the Red Bulls are doing now. We we played them back in June and I know our fans you know know what that was but but what's been going on lately with the Red Bulls cuz we kind of know what we get when we see the Red Bulls but the personnel changes a little bit. Yeah, so going into this year they won one of their first 11 games and fired Gerhard Schuber who was supposed to be this foreign coach who was going to take us to the next level. He was the next big guy. And Troy Lassane came in, who's who's been a system Red Bull guy for quite some time. And right away, three wins, one draw in their next four games. Very emotional team this year. But we're missing a lot of top-end talent. This is the weakest Red Bull team I've seen in quite a long time. I know you said 14 years in the playoffs. But if this was a regular year, we would have missed the playoff cutoff. Uh, you know, until we expand to right. every team makes the playoffs, that's not going to be a very uh, impressive 14-year streak anymore. So it's very interesting. This is the best defense I've ever seen in a major league soccer field. And, and I truly mean that. I said at the beginning of the year that this defense could be the best in major league soccer. And I think if the offense did anything this year to take the pressure off of the defense, they absolutely would be the best defense in major league soccer. In a one-off game, there's no defense in MLS I'd rather have than this Red Bull squad, and, and I truly mean that. And I know people think I'm drinking the Kool-Aid over here, but if you watch them play game in and game out, there, there's just no other uh, options. There's just no other options. Right. I mean, you could put them right up there with Nashville and and not blink. Yeah, I mean, what they only allow thirty six goals. I think Nashville is like a thirty two. So I mean, they're they're definitely yeah. in the top three as far as goals allowed. But also, just the way the defense plays helps the Red Bulls move yes. into that intense moments. And we saw that the last time we played you is that once that comes, once that high pace, fast paced action comes, it's hard to stop that wave from coming. And it doesn't mean you're going to get goals, but you're going to get many opportunities. Yeah, and is what I said before, Red Bulls team that we still see. 
I I think it is. I mean, this is an emotional bunch. You saw the streak that they've they've come through now at the end of the season when it looked like all was lost, you know, winning mm-hmm. four of their last five. I don't know where this came from. Over the over the summer, we were lucky to draw every single match. Um, 10, 11, uh, 10 wins, 11 wins, 10 draws, 13 losses. Not exactly where you want to be. Negative throw three goal differential, but mm-hmm. 36 goals scored. Like, come on. What are we, Toronto? It's just not good enough. And like I said, I think that scoring would take a lot of pressure off of that defense because if if Red Bull get a goal up, there's no team coming back from that because after you get comfortable behind the ball and it's press, 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 turnover, run the ball up the field, there's it's just relentless soccer. Yeah, yeah, we, we see that. And then the Red Bulls make you pay. If you but that being mistakes. said, and as much juice as I may have drank on this team, they're still awful. They're still awful. This is one of the worst offensive performances I've seen from any team in any sport. Yeah, they they struggled a lot this season with with getting those goals. Finishing was, you know, finishing was an issue for Charlotte FC for a while too, especially in the final third. It just didn't seem like, you know, we would get there, we would hold it, we'd have it, but just nothing really happened. And kind of saw the same with the Red Bulls this season. They'd be getting there. They'd be getting their shots, but the quality just wasn't there. Yeah, and and even when they get wide open shots, the shots just aren't falling. I mean, number one in goals minus expected goals, like, you know, mm-hmm. every metric just shows how bad we were at finishing this year. Well, both Charlotte and New York Red Bulls finished since League's Cup with 17 points. They are basically identical in the, the amount of points to, to get into this playoff or this wild card. So what do you see uncovering um, on match day from, from the Red Bulls? And what is your take on Charlotte? Sure. So first of all, I do like Charlotte's team. I think there's a little bit of a disconnect between what the coach wants to do and what the front office was wants to do. Like, I don't know what the plan is for this team. It looks just like kind of like, Players thrown out on our roster. You have Svodersky, Capetti, which one? Now Svodersky's hurt. They're they're confusing to watch. They're they're confusing to to to, to think about, to be to be completely honest. But um when it comes to match day, I really think Red Bull is going to take this one pretty handily. If you look at that last game, and, and we're gonna throw out the early game, like was it March 1st? There was still snow on the ground when they played. Right. If you look right. at the, the the last match these two teams played together, Red Bull absolutely destroyed them. Now, it was a 2-2 draw, but this defense didn't have Andre Reyes or John Tolkien, two of the best defenders in the league. Um, you know, one of the, the best center back and one of the best left backs, absolutely. 58% possession and six of 15 shots on target. Doesn't get much better than that for Red Bull. And if you look at what Charlotte did, Ben Bender scored six goals. Uh, sorry, Ben Bender scored, scored two goals in six minutes. That literally will not happen again. He is obviously out, but there's no one right. else on this Charlotte team who's going to put that on Red Bull, especially with, you know, 50% of Red Bull's back line intact. Um, you know, so I think Red Bull's going to go up early. I think you get that emotional goal and press, 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 and... You know, that that'll be that. I I don't it think might be sure. one zero. <laughs> it could be one zero. I I think that that's a very uh predictable line. You know, you have Elias Manuel who can't finish. He's another striker we have that can't put the ball in the net, but he's did it done it three times in his career uh against Charlotte. He has five right, career goals, right. three are against yes. Charlotte. Um yeah. you know, 
you're not going to get anything out of Tom Barlow. But if you look at last game, again, emotional late in the game, Lakinas, he this guy is itching for service because if Red Bull get a top-tier striker, Lakinas is going to be one of the best players in Major League Soccer next year. He just has everything. He has the Jets. Uh, he, he can dribble, and you saw what he made Nashville do. Nashville had a – I guess they kind of had a foul him in the box. Uh, I mean, They could have sustained it. They could have – yeah, they could have just stayed there, but they decided to go after him aggressively. I thought they could have sat back on that last one, but that's how it goes. That's how it goes. And, you know, looking this goes down the box, then Tolkien takes the penalty. The rest is there. Now Red Bull are in the playoffs against Charlotte. So, you know, I really like this matchup. I, I don't think there's any team that I would rather play in the Eastern Conference uh, and I guess that kind of goes to show that we're the two worst teams in the Eastern Conference that made the playoffs. <laughs> but right. I, I do think this is a little bit of a mismatch, and, and I really think heavily in our favor. Charlotte's given up 52 goals. That's not good. That's not good enough. And I think that yeah. uh, if Red Bull can get a goal and a half, we're good. Well, I think a lot of people will look back at the other game, and I think the team that Charlotte has now, and the team they're playing now, and the style they play is is much different than what you've seen. Um, even the style against Miami was kind of a little bit different from, from the way they had been playing, um, just because, you know, you you kind of play your game, but you also have to be aware of your opponent. Um, but they're, they got some pieces over League's Cup, um, you know, a left back in Yuri Uranen and also um, Breck Diagore. Um, both of them have had immediate impacts and changed some of the style and how um, they play. And Swiderski's kind of more molded into that that 10 role with Capetti yeah. up front, and they're a little friendlier together than they have been. Like you said, there is probably some disconnect that you see, and it looks like they should be doing something different, but somehow it's working. And they've found some pieces now that that supplement what they what they're trying to do. They're trying to be high possession. They're trying to be high energy. And um, they, uh, you know, our last match, one of our best matches that we played that we didn't get the result was at Nashville. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that game, but very similar, you know, we got a penalty late and and they they tied us. But we scored in, the, um, you know, in the 90th minute. So it was a very good game. We couldn't get the the final third goal until the end. And then we had the penalty at the end and it ended up being tied. But if you look at that entire match, like that was a team that was just really focused and possessive and had many chances and just didn't capitalize. So I think Absolutely. that team's and what you'll see. My co-host Scott would, would, you know, yell at me for not mentioning, you know, like a guy like Justin Miram coming off the bench. I mean, what a, what a professional, I mean, that's the kind of depth that, teams dream about i just don't think you know i look at this this midfield you got westwood but then you got bronico is bronico really prepared to be a, you know a starting midfielder on a mls cup quality team i just don't i don't think so and i and i think in those those midfield areas you know edelman frankie amaya they're gonna they're gonna be mismatching they're, they're gonna run it right down your throat um i <laughs> i don't think it's looking good to good for you i know i know it's your job to uh you know, kind of pick out, yes. Yeah. Uh, you you know your own advantage. You know, yeah. I, I see the quickness of the Red Bulls giving Charlotte some problems. 
Yeah, everybody and- knows the press and how that's going to work. But I think the quickness in the midfield is is an issue, and I'm not sure how they're going to address that. We can't wait to force turnovers and just run it 40 yards down the field and kick it 15 feet over the net. That 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 seems to be uh, what we're good at this season. <laughs> nice. So uh, thanks for for sharing that about that. So are you excited if let's say Red Bulls win like you you anticipate? Do you think Cincinnati's actually a good match because you all just beat them? Yes and no. I mean, I don't think we've seen their best in a while. But then mm-hmm. I could also argue that, like, for example, Charlotte played Miami twice. I would love to be in that situation at the end of the season where you guys right. were. So Red Bull in a single game playoff can be any team in Major League Soccer. You can say that about any squad. That, right. That's why they play the game. I don't think in a three-game series, Red Bull has it to take it to Cincinnati three games in a row, especially on short rest playing this Wednesday. And then what is it like Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday or something like that? The schedule is really, really strange. It's like the 28th, the 4th, and the 11th. It's really not that bad. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think it's Sunday. I think it's Sunday, Saturday, Sunday or or Saturday again. So they got some time. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. That's why you play It'll be fun, no matter what. Will 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 Red Bull Arena get a uh, twenty five thousand? No. Will you pack it? No. No. Nope. Nope. There's when um, when 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 will they pack it? What 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 uh, is it? Uh, they, uh, they need a different player? Do they need what do yeah, they need? Yeah, to that's get exactly them? what it is. Listen, there's there's no shortage of soccer fans in this country. There's a shortage of MLS fans in this country. I could walk down the street and bump into fifteen soccer fans. You know, I go right over here, Armando's Corner Bar. I can find 15 guys who like soccer standing right outside right now. They're not going to the MLS games. They're not buying MLS tickets. You know, it, it was a huge miss for this team signing some of those big-name guys. Harrison, where they play, is right in the middle of a huge Portuguese section of town, some of the best food you can buy. Portuguese flags flying out every window. Nani was available. We know that because he went to uh, Orlando. Nani was available. Yeah. Why wasn't he on this squad? That would that would pack the stands. Now, being in New York, there are a lot of other things to do. To to be completely honest, yeah. on any given day, yeah. there's yeah. Uh, NFL games on Sunday, college football. Uh, I know Mark Fishkin, who's the guy from Seeing Red. He's a you know long, long, long time host. You've probably caught him on Sirius xm in the past he actually has a list i think he says it's up to like 92 reasons why red Arena is in pack and they're all <laughs> true saturday you know afternoon kid soccer games get in the way you know this and right. that uh there's no lack of passion and i think our supporters are fantastic i think it's a great atmosphere hopefully when you came you felt welcomed um that stadium i love the stadium i love that stadium i love the beautiful. press area that is awesome you wouldn't love it with 25,000 people walking shoulder to shoulder on a concourse made for 10,000 people, you know? So like there, there are like all these little <laughs> things that get in the way. Red Bull won't pack the stadium. It's not going to be as bad as you read in the paper. Like, like if you read articles or hear MLS bloggers, they say, Oh, Red Bull, no one ever go. No, there's 12, 13,000 people uh, at, at even games in a year like this, but mm. Messi came, he packed the stands. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's, you know, they're they're friendlies. Yeah. South American friendlies. Uh, when the European key teams come over here, uh, the EPL had a couple of uh, friendlies at Red Bull Arena. They packed, packed it. the house. Yep, the fans are there. 
and they're willing to pay. They're willing to be very, very good money in this market. Who's marketable on this team? John Tolkien. Yeah. Which they who just else, had a story come who out. Who else would you who else would you expect to be on this team? If I gave you a, a Red Bull voucher, you can get a free jersey, but you have to pick a player to have their name put on the back of it. Who'd it be? Yeah, I agree. I know. For Charlotte, it's, who would it be? You have three or four choices, right? Right. Yeah. Definitely. Most people so they, don't have have that. And for Red Bulls, it's like, yeah, who are they who are they coming to see? Who, who's the banner out front showing? Exactly. And, and there are like look Lucas could be one of the best players in Major League Soccer. He's Brazilian. Uh mm-hmm. there, there is certainly a market for a player of his talents. But he needs to be putting up 15, 20 assists a season because there needs to be someone who can kick the ball into the net. You know, I, I'm even I'm an analytics guy, but there's a certain point. The team wins when you put the goal in the net more than anyone else. So yeah. nothing else really matters at the end of the day. Awesome. All right. We have a, a last part of our podcast. So we do a little lightning round called stoppage time. It's stoppage time. Do you have a must do personal ritual each day? Each day. I like to get to school a little early when I'm playing um, and get a few minutes of practice and just loosen up the lips, get a little buzzing activity going on. I used to be very superstitious as a youth. Now that's, that's all gone. That's all gone. Do you have a favorite unplugged activity? I'm guessing it's probably playing your trumpet. Yeah, but even then I have my, like I, I scan all my music into my iPad, so I'm not even sure if yeah. that would count anymore. Yeah. Uh, I would say... I like playing like catch with my dog at the end of that. Like throw a little ball, dog grabs it. Oh, back. cool! Yeah. All right. Do you have a go-to snack while you're watching a match? This year it's been beer. Whenever I can uh, <laughs> shove down the face. No, um, I'll go bagel bites. Oh, bagel bites! Bagel bites. Pizza nice. bagels. Okay. I actually just had a pizza bagel for dinner. I had some leftover bagels from this weekend. All right. All right. So here's kind of a tricky question to just listen. So design is everywhere. Like physical things have design. Ideas have design. Ideas have function or design is in functionality also. What component of design impresses you more? Interior or exterior? Exterior. Thousand percent. I love stuff that looks good. I mean, I'm you guys can't see me now, but I have my little home studio set up with my little uh, mic tripod, probably a little extra. Uh, instead of using a webcam, I actually switch over to just my iPhone. Like there's a new feature. You can use it as a webcam. So like mm-hmm. my picture is crystal clear, purple neon lights behind me. I love when things are, you know, aesthetic to look at. Nice. Okay. Uh, do you find starting a project or finishing one more gratifying? Starting. Starting. Because if you're on a really good project, there is no end point, right? Ooh, nice. All right. What recharges you? <laughs> Sleep. sleep sleep good old good old fashioned and, and being married now so yeah yeah that's definitely probably a recharge um yeah like i right, like turning you, off sports and my, my my fiance loves uh reality television not fiance anymore oh oh sure my, my wife likes reality television so once in a while we'll watch like some just like brainless uh yeah reality show or something and that's, that's yeah fun. there's so many of them <laughs> all right if you were a current player in mls what player would you most be like like you as a personality what would you be like that's a great one i would say so i'm i'm 
of the many things I'm into, obviously I'm a teacher, I'm a musician. Um, I'm very into politics and, you know, I'm very interested in, in being a leader of, of people around me, whether it comes to my podcast or other things. So I'm going to go with uh, Alejandro Bedoya. You know, he's, he's been an activist a lot of his life. Remember last year, was, wasn't it him who grabbed the mic and, and, and yelled something yeah. into the, uh, the yeah. uh, sh- uh, shotgun mic that was on the ground? So I, I'll yeah. go with that. Although we're probably nothing alike. I mean, 6'2", 190 pounds. I, uh, looks, looks aside. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Thanks, Bob, for being on the show. I appreciate your time. And everybody out there, um, follow and find i80 sports they're pretty much everywhere where you get podcasts they're on youtube anywhere you listen to podcasts idsports.com youtube.com backslash i80 sports everything we film is live you can see it you know mistakes and all you, you can hear exactly how it went down in the studio i think we run a very professional show but uh i want my bloopers to be out there just as much as anyone else so come watch live comment and you know we just love to have a good time Sounds good. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. Hey, I just want to thank Bob Ventimiglia for being on the show. He's from I-80 Sports and just appreciate all the work that he does. And I like his little niche with uh, with sports betting, especially in MLS, and to be able to be in a market such as New York and be able to make a dent. Although he is, like he said, coast to coast, um, covering lots of things besides MLS. Hope you enjoyed the show. Bob has said he's going to post a little graphic on who he thinks his best bets are for this wildcard matchup based on the numbers, and you may be a little bit surprised. Well, that's it for the Charlotte FC podcast today. Hope you enjoy match day against the Red Bulls in this wildcard matchup. Thanks all for listening.